Welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. Good morning, guys. Happy Wednesday. I am so excited to share this week's episode with you. It's really, really, really very interesting um, and just gives a completely new perspective into women's health and healing sexual, emotional, physical trauma and how that relates to chronic pain, pelvic pain, whatever it may be. But before we get started, I want to quickly thank Good Clean Love for sponsoring this week's episode. As many of you may know, I am completely obsessed with their products. I talk about them all the time. I use them religiously. Any product I ever share with you guys, I've used myself for months on end. And Good Clean Love products have worked wonders for me. So I want you all to know about it. The two products that I have been using the most the past few weeks are their pH balanced personal body wash. So I just use this in the shower. Um, I use it only on my vagina because I don't want to waste it on the rest of my body. Um, But any body wash that you all are using that has chemicals in it is disrupting your hormones, is disrupting your vaginal pH, is disrupting your vaginal microbiome, please, please, please do yourself a favor, get rid of it. Good Clean Love can replace that. It's amazing. It is made with aloe. It's non-toxic. It's 100% clean ingredients. And then I also recommend the personal moisturizing and cleansing wipes, which I use all the time. They're great before or after sex. They're great after a workout. They're great if you just don't have time for a shower one day. And I love using them. So if you guys want to check out these products for yourself, you can use the discount code HANNA10, that's H-A-N-N-A-H-10, at checkout on Good Clean Love's website, which is www.goodcleanlove.com. So use the code HANNA10, receive 10% off your order, and let me know what you think. Last but not least, I want to make a little announcement. A lot of you reach out to me with your opinions on certain podcast guests and topics. Some of you agree with it. Some of you disagree with it. And I just want to make it very clear that this is a platform where various opinions and different expertise are welcomed. There is a vetting process. The VHive has a team of advisors that include psychiatrists, therapists, pelvic pain specialists, pelvic floor physical therapists, and together we really vet all of the information that's coming on the podcast. So this is the highest quality information that you really can receive, but at the same time, it's important for 
the VHIBE to not be biased and to not only share one point of view. So many points of view need to be shared because so many different things work for different people. Everyone has a different cause to what they are experiencing, to the pain that they are having, to the struggles that they are going through, which is why different things resonate with different people. It's my job as the creator and the host of this podcast to be the facilitator of these conversations. I love talking to different women, hearing different points of view, talking to specialists and experts in the field. It's something that I've always been comfortable doing. So I'm just here to use that skill to share this information with you guys. I want to have open conversations. I want this information to be accessible to women throughout the world. And if something resonates with you, take it and use it and try learn more about it and try it for yourself and if something doesn't resonate with you leave it that's totally fine this is not a platform where you have to follow everything where you have to do everything that someone might say that's not what it's about it's really just about spreading high quality information having multiple practitioners with multiple viewpoints and really just educating women and helping them to heal and to feel good in their bodies. And I really want you all to know that, that just because I have someone on the podcast does not mean that I 100% agree with what they do, but I do think that they are smart. I do think that they have healed some women, and I do know that the information could be helpful for you guys. And really, even if one person takes something away from an episode, I've done my job. Because if one person heals or one person feels empowered from something that they learn from an episode, that's what matters at the end of the day. It's not all gonna work for everyone. And I know that from my own healing journey, and I'm sure all of you know that, that you've tried things that have not worked. But at the same time, I'm sure you've tried many things that have worked and those things maybe haven't worked for other women, which is why it's so important to have so many viewpoints. And I just wanted to reiterate that point and make sure you all understand why so many different practitioners come on the podcast. So I hope that makes sense. And if you have any questions, please feel free to send us an email at info at the vhive.com. We are always open to feedback we love hearing from you we love knowing you know what's worked for you what's been interesting what hasn't worked for you what you haven't liked i'm totally open to hearing everyone's perspective but i just want you guys to know that this is just a place for education and with that let's get into this week's episode Today I'm here with Maggie Flood. Maggie is an acupuncturist, herbalist, and a sexological body worker based in Southern California. Thank you for being here. And well, you didn't come all the way from California here just for this, but we we did fit this in your trip. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. And um, I'm excited to talk with you and have you share all about all the work that you do. I want to also quickly read one quote that I found from your website that I really liked and I thought that it kind of encapsulates all of the work that you do really well. So 
approaching the body structurally with acupuncture, internally with traditional herbal medicine, and somatically with pelvic reintegration body work allows for full body recalibration. Whether you suffer from endometriosis, birth trauma, numbness, pain, loss of menses, orgasm, or arousal, there is a combination of therapeutics in this toolbox that is right for you. So I thought that was such a good quote because it shows that like you really incorporate so many different types of healing work within your practice. Mm-hmm. And while they're all great individually, I think that it's unique that you do all of them. So someone can come to you and like learn how all of these types of healing modalities can work and actually work the best together. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, that's how I ended up doing all of this is because mm-hmm. I've, over the years was collecting, you know, pieces, uh, professional pieces. And I noticed that acupuncture and Chinese medicine, as wonderful as it is, I felt like there was something missing um, because my personal story started with, you know, the thing that felt like it was missing. Um, You know, so with acupuncture, you know, in Chinese medicine, as an acupuncturist, what we do, we work on the whole body and all of the elements in the body um, you know, how the body shows up in terms of what's imbalanced, yin-yang imbalances, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And the thing is that when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to pelvic pain, um, I was noticing that a lot of people tend to advertise pelvic pain as just like a, a centered thing, you know, like a one, one-stop thing. Like right. it's just your pelvis, you know, you just have pelvic floor dysfunction or you just have... Um, endometriosis or you just have a uterine disorder and the thing is that it's never just one thing it's all related and so I really like having that background in Chinese medicine because it gives me um, an idea diagnostically of what's happening in the whole body and then when I do the pelvic floor work it's like okay now let's focus on how your emotional state Mm -hmm. is you know associated with the pelvic floor like how are you actually showing up pelvically Um, how are you actually uh, embodying this place right. because most of us don't embody it we're very dissociated from mm-hmm. it it's a shameful place you know it's a place where we put all of our shame yeah and so if we can kind of get back to that and then fix the whole body in terms of holistic medicine um, internally structurally then we can kind of get the whole package and I wanted to be able to offer the whole package yeah. so and that's why I do all of it you know it makes so much sense And from what I've seen and just from talking to so many people, like even though you have pelvic pain, there's also other things that are going on within your body, mind, body connection, emotionally um, that are causing or contributing to something. So it's like it's so important to know or to at least try and figure out what other kind of systems in the body are also suffering. So can you give us a little bit of background as to how you got into this field? Yeah, um, so I, when I, oh, I'm like thinking it's how far back. It's always my favorite back. question because it's so interesting <laughs> to hear how people in this kind of public health space uh-huh. like entered into the space. Yeah, I think to myself whenever this question is asked, I'm like how far back do I go? I know. Um, well, so in college, we'll start there. In college yeah. I had um, and how old are you now? I'm 34 now. Okay. And when I was in college, I would say this was around 2007, I think this happened. Um, I was about to graduate college, and I 
woke up with a stranger inside of me and had a, an extremely bad reaction to this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as most women who wake up to rape, you know, whether or not they're drunk or if they've had like a, if it's, I hate when people say, oh, well, if it's not violent, then it's not traumatic. That's not true, right. as many of us know. Um, that spun me out into pelvic pain city. I had so much pain after that. I was diagnosed with PID. Um, I, I went to eventually, I moved to New York City a little bit after graduating college and went to a pelvic pain specialist at some point, uh, had a laparoscopy and was diagnosed with endometriosis. Um, and what happened in the middle of all of this is I went to a pelvic uh, floor PT who during the sessions I started to have a lot of emotional release, Mm -hmm. which is something that I know that a lot of people have experienced and they come to me and they say, oh, I I experienced this and so I want to explore this further. But I didn't have an outlet for that. I didn't, you know, the pelvic floor PT was just like, yeah, that happens all the time. I don't really know what's going on. And and it kind of stuck in the back of my head and I was like, you know, this is something that is a real big piece of my experience here. I knew that this assault was a big piece of my experience. I knew that my childhood was a big piece of this experience, but I just hadn't had the tools to put it together yet. And um, eventually down the road, I went back to school for acupuncture. I wanted to be an acupuncturist for a long time. Um, That was wonderful. And then at the end of that, I started working with you know, after I graduated, I started working with women who were postpartum. Mm-hmm. I was working in a clinic that was specializing in fertility and pregnancy. And I started seeing all the postpartum ladies and I was like, you know, there's something here. This trauma that these women have experienced after giving birth, the tearing, the feeling as though no one was there for them, all of this stuff was reminding me of my experience with endo, mm-hmm. my experience with the pain that I went through after assault. And I started to seek out different ways to help people um, move through the emotions, you know, not just exercise the muscles in the pelvic floor, but move through that emotional state. Um, and so eventually I became a sexological body worker, and now we'll be doing some more studying with uh, Tammy Lynn Kent. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to. Who is that? She's, she wrote uh, Wild Feminine, or yeah, Wild Feminine. I'm not familiar um, it's a book. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll show it to you after okay. we're done. <laughs> um, but there's basically um, so many ways that we can approach the pelvic floor that um, help people become more attached to it, become more embodied in it, actually feel the emotional process that's happening. Um, I realized during my own uh, set of instances that in all honesty, what I really needed was to become more reintegrated with my whole self. And there was a part of me that was missing because I think I was already dissociated from who I was as a woman before any of that assault happened. And, and then, then it kind of just brought it out. It just seemed to, it just seemed to cause uh, my nervous system to you know, start reacting to all the pain that I may have already been experiencing, mm-hmm. but it started to flare up. Right. You know, everything started to flare up after that. And I think too that, you know, it really woke up inside of me this idea that, you know, emotions are sometimes the cause of a lot of disease. 
Um, and it's not necessarily everybody's cause, but for me, I really felt like that was something that I had to work through. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I don't go back to the beginning, if I don't go back to even my developmental trauma, you know, as a child, whatever happened to me there, I started to peel the onion layers and yeah. realize that everything is so related. And that these pelvic floor dysfunction issues that a lot of women are having really have a lot to do with how we feel about the pelvic floor, how we feel about ourselves sexually, um, whether or not we've had trauma there and how we feel about that. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's shame, it, it's all, it can be a big mess. And yeah. I just wanted to focus the rest of my career on that because, you know, I started to figure out how to put these things together. And I was like, well, if we can release muscles in the pelvic floor with um, needling, mm -hmm. uh, if we can work on the organ systems with acupuncture, Chinese medicine, and then also, you know, set some time aside to really feel into what am I experiencing in the pelvic floor? I mean, that could be golden. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is really where I want to take this. So that's, yeah. And I think that, I mean, of course your story is unique and everyone's story is unique to themselves and their own experience. But I think that it's common that something happens that kind of brings out, with, with pelvic pain especially, something happens that triggers like a flare-up or an onset of more severe pelvic pain and then you kind of have to like backtrack in your head and be like wait maybe i actually did have something all along but i wasn't really paying attention to it or mm -hmm. i didn't really know yeah and if you you know come from a long line of uh, you know, people with nervous systems that are, are a little bit too jacked up. Like my dad and I have the same, yeah. Right, you're like gonna. Like restless leg syndrome, like we can't sit still. Yeah, if you inherit a nervous system that's, you know, uh, prone to being dysregulated mm -hmm. like that, then you might end up one day just, that might be, that might the be the trigger, thing that yeah. triggers it. And, you know, I think that there are so many ways we can come at all of these things. I think that the nervous system piece, though, is the something that is just really important. Important and things that—that's something that no one's really talking. Well, people are talking about but it, but there's not a lot of people talking about yeah. it. Um, like it, it affects everyone. Yeah, that has any sort of chronic exactly. pain. Exactly, yeah. and you can have trauma from your chronic pain. Right. You know, you can have trauma from before. You can have trauma from the chronic pain. And what really matters is how you learn to deal with that, how mm -hmm. you learn to um, be with yourself during those moments, uh, whether or not you can learn to, to regulate your nervous system by yeah. your, you know, with, your, with your body. Right. Um, and I think that the embodiment piece is really special because it brings us back into our bodies fully as animals, as you know, like we can actually feel through sensation whether or not something feels safe or it doesn't. And I think that practice of going back into the body is really special because mm -hmm. it's not something that we're taught from childhood yeah. it's something that we're, we're actually taught to walk away from that piece and to bring yourself back in is really nice can you explain what a sexological body worker is sure so sexological body work uh, was started in uh, california um, by a man named joseph kramer around the aids epidemic he was um, teaching gay men how to be more present to their sexual experience. Um, I think that they're definitely the beginnings of sexological bodywork have a lot to do with 
going back to the basics of sexuality, how you feel in your body, um, you know, feeling into sensation, touch, sight, sound, um, you know, in order to kind of reintegrate your own sexuality. So that over time started to morph into very many things and very many people started to do different things with it. Um, some people took it a little bit more to the scar tissue remediation side where, you know, they're working on the pelvic floor of someone who has a lot of scar tissue and they're teaching that person how to stay present, you know, while they're mm -hmm. doing the touch work. Is um, it internal touch or external? It can be, yeah. Uh -huh. It can be internal or external. Um, and then some people take it more into the erotic side where they're right. like exploring kink with someone, like how does this feel in your body? Let's uh -huh. explore this. Um, teaching people how to navigate their own erotic uh, storylines. Right. Um, but the way that I use it is, you know, I, I help people to just, especially because I work with a lot of people with pain and dis uterine disorders, I just use the somatic stuff to kind of help people stay present to their bodies mm -hmm. while touch is happening, mostly because um, a lot of us feel over time especially that when you've been touched out by medical practitioners yeah. or um you know if you've been if you've had a lot of trouble with sexuality arousal orgasm then you're going to kind of start to not be able to feel things in the way that you want to be able to feel them right you know sometimes it'll cause a bit of a fear that mm -hmm. comes up sometimes shame will come up um and so it's really nice to have that a session where you can just go and be like okay I'm in my body you can have somebody put you in your body right you know walk you through a meditation be like what is it that you're sensing what is it that you're feeling and then how does this hand feel on your vulva mm -hmm. how does this touch actually feel when you are laying in your body right and there's no expectation around you right and that experience is healing and so that's what that's how I use sexological body work let's take a quick little break because I have something very important to share with you. We need your support. So the V-Hive has been something that was a really small little side podcast that started two years ago in my apartment in Brooklyn, and it has now turned into something a little bit larger. But the problem is, in order to continue to create this content, we really do need your help. And how you can help support the VHive and allow us to grow and to continue to spread education and awareness and to continue to produce these weekly episodes that are really helping so many women is by supporting us on Patreon. So you can go to www.patreon.com backslash the VHive and for as little as $3 a month, you can just contribute to this platform and all of the proceeds will go directly back into the podcast. And this is something that I am so passionate about. We have a small team of people that are also so passionate about, but this is really something that without your help won't be able to grow. So your help would allow us to take this to the next level and be able to make this something that is even greater. And if you do support us on Patreon, you will receive some awesome bonus content. So 
go to Patreon, check it out. Please help the Beehive. We would really, we would so, so, so greatly appreciate it more than you know, more than words can express. And thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything. Without each and every one of you listeners, this would not be where it is today. So I have a question. Yeah. If when you're doing, can you explain the difference between when you're doing like external work and internal work? I'm just curious, like the internal component, is it like a pelvic floor PT session or Uh, is it, I assume it's different. It's different. But I'm curious how. It's different. So, um, I mean, as somebody who went to pelvic floor PT for a while and I know a lot of pelvic floor PTs, um, it, of course, every pelvic floor and you PT refer is going to be different. Some of your clients to them, I'm sure. So uh, some of my clients see me and a pelvic and floor that's PT. What I'm right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Um, it really depends on where you are in your uh-huh. journey and what you want to heal at that point in time. Um, a pelvic floor PT is more likely to say, "You're going to feel my hand. I'm going in. Right. Um, I'm going to, you know, like move your leg. Will I move this muscle? And they're kind of looking at the body in more of a structural Western way. Um, because they are trained in a structural Western medical model, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. It's great. Um, the way I look at it is more of like an emotional um, sensing, feeling, uh, tracking the nervous system kind of way. So mm-hmm. are, is your nervous system starting to get a little bit, you know, um, are you starting to get like a little bit anxious during this touch? Are you starting to feel like you're downregulating a little bit during this touch? Like, is the parasympathetic starting to, are you starting to feel like you're swimming in water? Which is what I really like when people really downregulate, they feel mm-hmm. like they're just like, ooh, like easing into water. Yeah. Um, and that is what you're gonna be experiencing in a sexological bodywork session versus a pelvic PT session because the, the difference is really like a clinical versus a therapeutic touch, right? right. Like, um, I know a lot of pelvic floor PTs do use really great, have really great skills mm-hmm. in, in that um, somatic way. Um, I'm sure that everyone's different. Yeah. I think the basis of pelvic PT is really to work on those muscles and work on those attachments. Um, the way that I'm doing it, I'll also work on muscles and attachments. Mm-hmm. The way I'm doing it is my preference is that you are staying completely centered to your experience in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a learning experience, right? It's, it's teaching women how to stay, pre- or anybody, how to stay present to what's being experienced. And you'll start to notice that as you lean into certain types of touch, you know, if something feels, say I'm working with someone with vaginismus, right. if I put my hand on that place that usually feels like knives going in, yeah. um, if I put my finger there and it, it's, if you're completely in your body, you might notice because of that embodiment piece after that body scan, after being totally present, you might notice that that touch might actually feel way different than it would if somebody was touching it in a gynecological mm-hmm. setting or a, you know, a lover, you know, because you're, you're totally present to your body and you have somebody there who's making sure that you're that staying you're present yeah. to that touch. Mm-hmm. So it's a different experience in that way and it can cause a little bit more of an emotional um, reaction, and sometimes not. You know, it really depends. I've had women come in and they say, you know, I've I've hip pain, um, and I've given birth and torn all this stuff, and and you know, once they're in that embodied state, they're like, oh, I'm having memories of this car accident I was in, you know, like when I was a teenager. And it's like, oh, well, there's a trauma that you're holding onto in that tissue, 
you know and so whatever your body is going to tell you it's going to tell you in that space because you're actually feeling it and you're giving it permission to talk to you whenever someone comes to you do you like always get them into a meditation at some yeah. point in the session or no? I always well, that's a question I have kind of later on is what does a typical session look like but I guess you can answer that now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always start with uh, an embodied an embodiment like a body scan right. basically so you're feeling everything trying to be present to everything noticing maybe what does the temperature feel like on your skin um, maybe something feels not that great today maybe something feels really good today and then maybe we'll play with orienting towards what feels good oh something feels really good today okay can you describe that further mm -hmm. Can you just close your eyes and be present with that feeling? And you start to kind of float around the body. And then once you're really feeling everything, that's when we can go into more of a, a touch session. I don't usually do touch sessions in the first go right. because you'd be surprised how many people come in. They're like, I'm ready to take my pants off. And I'm like, no, that's not how this works. Because what if your nervous system isn't actually feeling safe with me or anybody? Or what if, um, you know, your body needs to learn how to feel touch or how to be present? Sometimes it takes a couple sessions to really feel that. Um, so, you know, we do a lot mm -hmm. in these sessions. There's a lot of options. Um, there's, we can go into mapping, vulva mapping, which is basically like when we touch around the vulva and just feel every nuanced piece of the vulva. Mm -hmm. And how many times in your life is that actually something that's been presented to you as an option? You know, probably how never. <laughs> I mean, I have never even heard of it. Right. Like in your, your lover can do it, but are you going to be thinking like, what is this person thinking? Is this crazy? Um, you know, what do they want? Mm -hmm. You know, we have all these little things that pop up and they'll pop up in our session too. But the thing is that you have um, a non-biased person there saying, okay, let's just go back to what we're feeling. And that's the really cool thing about sexological bodywork and mm -hmm. how the sessions can go in so many different ways. And I've had sessions where most of it's just talk. You know, somebody goes into a space where, you know, if my hand is just resting on one piece, one part of the vulva, and something comes up and they're like, oh my gosh, I just realized that this is what I do during sex. Like I think about, you know, how I look and that's how I check out. Or I think about um, what the other person is feeling or walking my dog, you know, there's <laughs> all kinds of things that come up and then we work through those like, well, okay, so that's a dissociative quality right there that we mm -hmm. found. So let's talk that one through. And I'm sure everyone has some something everyone. like this, something that goes through their head that's everyone not. Everyone does. I mean, I still have them. Right. Everyone does. Because these things don't go away. These are socially ingrained things. Totally. Um, so it's, it's cool. It's a great tool. Mm -hmm. And every sexological body worker will work differently. Um, some people are more going to be more focused on the erotic. Um, and it's hard because people say to me, like, can you refer someone in another city? And I'm, I'm always like, yeah. oh, I can't <laughs> refer someone who does acupuncture and sexological body work. Like, I know maybe two or three people who actually do that. But, you know, I can refer you to different people who mm -hmm. might do similar things because it's such a big, you know, expansive um, modality. Yeah. Really. How do they tr I'm just curious how they train you 
in when you went to school for this? Like, how do they train you to do all of this internal work? Most of it is being like learning to get back to the body. Right. Um, so when I do the pelvic stuff that I do, I'm basing a lot of what I do on my own anatomical knowledge that I mm-hmm. have from my acupuncture right. background. Which um, is actually why it's so amazing that you have that background. That's like what makes you unique in, in, yeah. in respect to what you're doing. I, well, at first was very much like, should I, did I just waste all that money on acupuncture right. school? And then I realized like, no, this has actually you really been really, really beneficial yeah. for yeah. me. Um, I do know that there are a lot of pelvic PTs who go through similar programs and get like that extra um, layer of spiritual, like, mm-hmm. you know, vulva mapping stuff. Um, it really just depends on what the person has gone through, like, you know, what they're, where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably a lot of sexological body workers who don't have extensive knowledge of the pelvic floor. However, they have extensive knowledge of um, somatics. Right which is amazing you know some of them are actually somatic experiencing practitioners some mm-hmm. of them have gone through other trainings that you know help with mindfulness and i think most of that is about mindfulness some of them actually go into doing like leaning more into the erotic um there is i have a handful of colleague friends who help people sort through their like erotic blueprints mm-hmm. and stuff like that um, which is cool. So everyone's got their, their thing that they're focused on. I just so happen to focus on pelvic pain because that's where I came from right. in the world. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want to, to pursue for mm-hmm. other people. Because I think that a lot of women with pelvic pain don't realize that this is an option for them. You know, I think mo- a lot, I don't want to say most, but I think a lot of women with pelvic pain don't even know that it's something that can be like healed. And you mean the, like the emotional aspect? Well, of I it? just think that like a lot of people, like a lot of women, live with different forms of pelvic pain for so long without even oh, being yeah. able to like advocate for themselves and know that there's specialists oh, yeah. and practitioners that treat these problems. Yeah, I think that um, what we need really mm-hmm. uh, is people out there saying like this is an option you do have the option to to do five different things at once if they're all going to complement each other Mm -hmm. i mean you can go to a pelvic floor pt and a somatic experiencing practitioner at once you can do all the things and put them together there's no right or wrong way and i think it's really important to note that Mm -hmm. and then another question that i wanted to ask you is is sexological body work and somatic sex education the same thing or are those yeah. two different things no they're the same thing uh some schools will have a second uh, like a second tier that you can go back and be you know and train mm-hmm. on coming incoming students to be sexological body workers and then you get like a sex educator uh title but it's they're both interchangeable Mm-hmm. for the most part and then what about embodied pelvic care is that this like another interchangeable term i i say embodied pelvic care often mm-hmm. uh because i think it breaks down what sexological body work is and sometimes people think that sexological body work is just erotic stuff and i just i i do more of like a medical thing than right. a lot of uh, sexological body workers do and so i like to be very clear like i do embodied pelvic care so that people understand what that means Mm -hmm. so that's just me 
that's no I like the particular <laughs> yeah it's no particular certification it's just yeah, me yeah. being like this is this actually is what, what I do right. yeah no that's really interesting and then well so you explained what a typical session looks like but how do you differentiate you know when someone comes in whether you're going to do acupuncture on them or somatic work or if you're going to do more of like an herbalism type mm-hmm. of practice how do you like who's coming to you what is a typical patient look like and then how do you kind of decide the treatment plan oh my gosh i have so many different so types many, of I people know. um if somebody's coming to me because they have uh an arousal issue that seems to be emotionally related they're gonna we're gonna do more pelvic work mm-hmm. if somebody's coming um to me because they've never had an orgasm and they just cannot seem to feel quote unquote the pelvic floor we're gonna do more pelvic mm-hmm. work if somebody has an issue where they have endometriosis and um, they're just in so much pain that touch is really something that, they, that it's going to take them a long time to get there. We're going to start with herbs and acupuncture. Right. And we're going to try to regulate the liver as much as we can before we can get to any kind of pelvic touch. But sometimes I mix them up. I never do them both in the same session because you wouldn't of, do like acupuncture and the somatic. No, work. yeah, no. Um, first Why of all, not? it's a lot. Right. But second of all, it's it's a medical license thing. Like I need to keep those two things separate, and I make sure that they're very separate. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also, I think, um, if somebody's coming for pelvic work, they know that they're coming for pelvic work for the most part. Like, right. I've had people say, like, I, I have endo, um, I'm doing all the things, but what I really want to focus on here is this piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends on what yeah. people are coming for. Um, and yeah, I see all kinds of people. <laughs> and when you say pelvic work, you mean like the sexological somatic yeah. work yeah the embodied pelvic the care, embodied yeah. pelvic care. <laughs> right and so that as we said is like sometimes a combination of external and internal sometimes well it depends mm-hmm. um if somebody is really in a lot of pain then we take our sweet time getting to that right. internal piece um if somebody is really um you know has a lot of trauma and they really just need to like very slowly learn to feel the body then sometimes we just do touch over clothes right. and like you know how does this touch feel inside of your body what's coming up for you and sometimes it just takes a while mm-hmm. um but yeah if it's okay i have so many more questions but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but one of the questions that i have is like well this is more about the internal work but because i've never heard of a practitioner that's not a pt that does internal work but like so are you doing the trigger point muscle release or is it more of like a gentle I mean even though pelvic floor fatigue can still be very gentle but like like for anyone who's listening who's like been to PT and can like differentiate between like what the internal PT and then like what you do is and there's also so many pelvic floor PTs that listen and I'm sure they're curious like how it's actually different like what you do internally and what they do internally so imagine you come to the practitioner (laughs) and you're you're um laying down and that practitioner will walk you through feeling your body right Right. we'll start with the feet how do your feet feel today what what does everything feel like we'll work up to the knees up to the hips up to the like we'll go up through the intestines just feeling the physical sensations and then once we get to a place where that person is feeling everything 
it's a different place. Mm -hmm. It's a different place because once you're feeling everything that's happening in your body, I've been in situations where I'm doing a body scan on myself or with another practitioner Mm -hmm. and suddenly I'm starting to cry because I didn't realize I was feeling so much emotional pain today Mm -hmm. or I was in kind of a lot of physical tension today. Um, And so it's, it puts you in that different place. And so because of that, we take a lot more slow time to feel the body. And so I'm not ever going to just say, okay, you're going to feel my hand much like a gynecologist would for an exam. I would more likely say, okay, how does this touch feel? What does this touch feel like to you? What are the sensations that are coming up for you? Mm -hmm. What is, you know, what, what does the landscape of your body look like in an emotional way? And then if that person is saying, I just am feeling really nervous or anxious right now, then I take my hand away and we're just going to talk about that. I mean, because you're in that embodied place, it really, it, it's almost like I equate it to swimming underwater because sometimes we'll get into a position where, you know, that person is just fully feeling. And when you're fully feeling, it, it just kind of feels high like you're Mm -hmm. in a different place in a different world and it's pretty cool and that actually is I think the major difference is that I'm going to make sure that you stay in that place and if that place gets too hard for you then we're going to stop and we're going to refocus and we're going to say okay this is what's happening today this is how I feel today what does that mean in terms of you know relational patterns in your life what does that mean in terms of you know what's happening for you right now when we go and touch the pelvic floor if you can imagine being in that space and feeling that touch physically and being like oh i didn't realize that that felt that way maybe it feels worse than i expected maybe it feels good if we put some adjectives to that if we feel just you know give that a sensation description is that something that feels different than normally does for you Mm -hmm. and so that's why we move very slowly so I'm not going to go in and you know press on a trigger point and and you know insist on holding that and while we're talking about your cat Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like that's not going to happen because whatever is going on if if we do find a place that's kind of like a trigger point place and that gets held I'm going to actually ask you to stay with it and not just stay with it in terms of like breathing through it, doing breath work, but more like what's coming up for you right now. Does anything, does this remind you of anything? Is there anything that you're thinking of? Is your mind asking to be taken away from this? Mm -hmm. If it is, can you lean back into that a little bit? And then what's that like? Maybe Mm -hmm. the pain dissipates, maybe it turns into pleasure. Maybe, you know, there's so many different ways that we can walk into touch in such a different way yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense no it totally does and another kind of component of that I think is like what well, you talk a lot about this but I want to just segue into this conversation a little bit which is like the story that we all carry in our bodies and how we can with the you know with the help of practitioners like you we can learn to unlearn that story yeah like how do you help your clients do that because I know that so many women with pelvic pain like we all and even just women in general with or without chronic pain like we have this story and we think about things that we do and 
and just the way that we go about our life like in a certain way based on our story and sometimes we have to let go of that story in order to like move on and heal and kind of like relearn healthier ways of just Mm -hmm. living I really love seeing um you know in in a session Mm -hmm. when someone is really feeling really feeling really there okay I'm really present and then at some point they just kind of float away I love seeing that person say oh my I just I just left I just left my body and then I'll stop and say what happened Mm -hmm. in that very moment and then we'll sit and talk about it for a while because that's the moment that we start feeling pain Mm -hmm. that's the moment when our bodies our nervous systems are convinced that something is going to happen that's bad to us that's mm-hmm. bad um and we can kind of go back there and say like okay so what did you start thinking about or what did you feel you know in that moment physically that made you kind of start to turn away from yourself turn away from your body and then breaking down those little parts those are the little parts that start to make us realize that everything that happens in that moment is a microcosm of the bigger picture. I've had people say, oh my God, this is something I do in relationships. I just kind of start to check out, or this Mm -hmm. is something that like I do when I start to feel shame. So I know that also you help a lot of women like learning to communicate with whether it's like their doctor or their practitioner or their partner about like the experiences that they have or the pain that they have a lot of women have trouble like communicating this and expressing this and like advocating for themselves so how do you help them kind of navigate this so one of the aspects of this work is we start to cut through shame Mm -hmm. um in order to do this work you have to kind of cut through shame a little bit right to show up and be like i'm ready for this really strange massage that Mm -hmm. is actually just you know like putting me in my body and like i'm going to face what's happening what comes up for me um And so I think that breaking through that shame barrier is one of the things that we need to do in order to start talking to our practitioners in the ways that we need to. Um, And this work helps with that, and that's just one aspect. I think the other thing too is learning safe touch. Um, So when I have somebody on the table, I'm going to make sure that consent is present, Mm -hmm. always. Boundaries are always present. And I always tell people, I'm training people to say, if this is uncomfortable for you, you need to tell me to stop now. Mm -hmm. And I'm immediately going to take my hand away. And there's never going to be any conversation. Do you that? Well, that's the thing. It's I'm always asking, is this a safe touch for you? And, you know, we're learning how to feel what safety actually feels like Mm -hmm. and whether or not good is okay for us, you know, whether or not that feeling is okay. And then so when we're learning to reintegrate safe touch, um, that gives us more permission to say no to something that isn't feeling right in our body. So once you start to learn that embodiment piece, once you start to really learn how to feel your body, you can actually feel what a no physically feels like, mm-hmm. right? And so what I tell people, because many gynecologists, many practitioners, I'm always railing against how uh, violating it is, especially with women with chronic pain, Um, how violating it is to be touched constantly and without permission. So what I tell women is, um, you know, if you're going to the doctor constantly, if you're constantly being examined or going to a pelvic PT, 
um, make sure that that person is going to follow your instructions for your body. Mm -hmm. um, I give people, I always tell people ahead of time, if you have questions or needs that need to be done in 15 minutes because that practitioner has zero time to give you, right. make sure you write them out. Because so many of us feel really um, triggered when we get to the doctor's office because we know that we're not going to have enough time to, you know, get done whatever we need to get done explain all and the explain problems. all the yeah, issues yeah. write it down and give yourself a moment to feel into your body ahead of time and be like is this you know what is it that needs that i need from this visit and then aside from that when you go in do a little bit of breath work. i teach breath work to people mm -hmm. um start doing some breathing tell your your practitioner this is what I'm doing. I'm doing some down-regulating breath work. I need you to put your hand on my vulva and hold it there. Look me in the eyes. You know, whatever it is that makes you feel safe. And if your practitioner doesn't like that, then find a new one. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think that that autonomy is something that we're missing. We need to actually step into our power there. We need to actually tell people, okay, this is you know, what I need from you because this is my body and this is a really sacred place for me and I'm trying to get back into it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to refill this place and I'm trying not to dissociate from this place anymore and I'm trying to be present. So once we start to do these practices, then, you know, we can embody that yes, we can embody that no. We know what doesn't feel right. And, yeah. you know, bringing that into a doctor's office is awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I want to see every woman do that. And so I'm trying that. to figure out the best way to, you know, help people avoid medical trauma because mm -hmm. a lot of us have it after so many visits. And, you know, after a while, if your pelvic floor is just, you know, being talked about like a mechanical piece, like that sucks. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and then the one last thing I want you to talk about is I think that you, you told me this over the phone the other day and I think you made an Instagram post that I saw about this as well. But um, like the use of vibrators for more for like medical use and not just for like sex and oh my God. the way that you know kind of like media yeah. portrays sex toys but how it's important for women to also have them as a tool to like reintegrate pleasure after so many years of pain and like how mm -hmm. you teach your clients to do that so i teach basically embodied self-pleasure mm -hmm. to all of my clients right. and I give them homework you, you don't get to see me unless you're gonna do your homework right. you know because it's honestly that's the the practice at home is the biggest piece um, but that embodied self-pleasure is really just checking in with your body feeling everything doing a quick body scan and then from there using a vibrator just to feel the sensation of the vibrator um, and that's something that I teach everyone because a lot of people are so goal-oriented when it comes to vibrators. We live in a society that tells us that vibrators are a goal-oriented goal object. Right. I hate that because honestly, they're so useful. Um, what I tell all of my patients, my clients to do if they're feeling really nervous about getting a pelvic exam is to, on the way, in your car, whatever, just sit there with a vibrator and just feel the vibration and then let your body just absorb vibration because what happens is physiologically arousal will begin to happen. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you have to have an orgasm beforehand. It's just getting the blood flow back mm -hmm. into that area will actually ease you open a little bit more for penetration. And that's physiological. That's like if you have all your erectile tissue with blood flow there, mm -hmm. then you can actually walk into your doctor's office and have 
be easier to go into the vaginal opening because that's your body will be nice and open. And I think that, you know, when we're talking about vibrators, you know, it's really cool to to make it all erotic and, and everything. But I think that these tools and these ideas should be brought more into women's health because it's so necessary to understand that women's arousal is part of the pelvic floor. It is part of your health system. It's mm-hmm. part of your your body. And it's there for a reason because you're supposed to be aroused before you are entered. You know, otherwise it ends so up stretching yeah. and it's scar tissue and so I'm always just, I'm a huge proponent of like no, bringing your really vibrator everywhere. And I've never heard anyone explain it that way. So yeah, thank you. Um, what would your number one piece of advice be for any, anyone with like pelvic pain or who's just more, you know, maybe not necessarily has chronic pain, but is struggling with any sort of intimate health issue? Mm, besides bringing a vibrator everywhere? <laughs> um, start to know your body Mm -hmm. i mean start small start with a body skin if that means um just laying down and feeling little aspects of your body um maybe running your fingers up and down your arm and just feeling what that feels like and then you know starting the process that's my of, favorite thing to do it is like, right totally it, randomly not right. you know not really exactly yeah. but you can you can do that with your you can do that with your vulva and it doesn't have to be goal oriented towards orgasm you could just feel what that feels like mm-hmm. how does that feel and let your system feel into it i mean these are like little things that people don't really think about you right. know and that's something i tell everybody that's what i'm always on about instagram just start to feel just start to put words to sensations um, and you'll start to notice that your system changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think too, learning how to talk to your providers is huge. It's so huge. And I've been doing a bunch of free webinars about that because I'm just like, everyone needs to know that you can walk into a exam room and have your your body autonomy. You can Mm -hmm. walk in there and own your body. It is not anyone else's it's yours and if you feel like there's an emotional component underneath all of your pain there likely is Mm -hmm. because nothing exists in a vacuum you your body is not a piece of machinery it has emotions and it's fluid and everything's changing all the time and i think we forget that you know because people are like oh it's woo woo to think that emotions get lodged in your tissues it's not like a, a physical emotion gets lodged in your tissue the, the emotion kind of dysregulates your nervous system and then, you know, your body doesn't function as well. Immunologically, yeah. yeah. It's just like you you start to see patterns once you start to recognize what your emotions feel like in your body, what your sensations feel like in your body. And I think that as big of a suggestion as that mm-hmm. is, that's like the one thing that I'm always on about. Are there any resources that you have to recommend? Mm -hmm. Um, resources or even they could be your own resources like your webinar and your website and where everyone can contact you and there's so learn more about what you do there's so many books about about rewilding the feminine and there's so many there's so many things out there depending on like what it is that you're focused on what what kind of issue you have you can find something uh, you can find something in that womb healing space um, I've been doing a bunch of 
free webinars here and there about medical trauma and how to avoid it, mm -hmm. um, where I give, you know, step-by-step -step guide through, like, in, for an hour. This is exactly what we should all be doing before we enter the doctor's office. Um, so that's one. I will be coming out with an endometriosis course sometime in 2020, and that's going to be going through all of the um, self-healing things that we can do for from Chinese medicine, mm -hmm. and then also some nervous system regulation stuff, um, which will be really cool because I really love the endo community. Um, it's really hard to watch some people in the endo community embrace that hatred of the, the uterus talk, mm -hmm. and I just... I'm always like, no, don't hate, love, love your uterus. Yeah. And that's what it needs. That's what your body needs. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing a course in 2020 at some point. And yeah, I, I also just started a medium um, blog and oh, trying to do cool. more writing, hopefully write a book one day because I've got all these <laughs> thoughts to spew out. But <laughs> And so where can everyone find you? Your email, your website, Instagram? Uh, my website is www.sacralspaces, or I'm sorry, sacral-spaces.com. I was about to say, I knew yeah. there was a dash in there. <laughs> my uh, Instagram, which I'm very active on, is at sacral, S-A-C-R-A-L, underscore spaces. And um, yeah, feel free to reach out. And I just love talking, so Amazing. I'm just happy to talk to anybody about the beginnings. Thank and you. And I'll link all of your information in the show notes so that people can easily contact you and access all of the work that you do your website also is really awesome and has a lot of information so thank you again for being here and for sharing thank all you. of this information that I know people will really really benefit from and that so many women need so thank you thank you so much This podcast is for education purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.